If you're just joining us, I've been preaching through Genesis for some time now, and we've made our way all the way to chapter 34. Uh, but I'm not going to preach on that this morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can look at it, and you'll see why later. Um, uh, Kylie actually asked if I was going to. She looked ahead on the, the day she was going to be baptized and said, what, what might we be in in Genesis? And she was thankful to hear that's not where I'm going. But if you're a guest, you're welcome back next week to hear of uh, Genesis 34. So for the past several years, we've had child dedications. We have twice a year and once a year, we do it on Mother's Day, and the reason for that is, I, I imagine, fairly obvious, and that's to highlight the life-giving nature of motherhood. Well, this year, as I briefly mentioned earlier, we decided to do dedications and baptisms as a means of highlighting the goal of the dedications which, which and the goal of motherhood, which is that the babies and kids that we dedicate to the Lord one day would on another day place their trust in Jesus. I, I hope, for me, that was a really sweet picture, and I, I hope it was for you as well, of God's kindness and faithfulness to his people. As parents, in faith, we offer our kids to the Lord, and then we pray and we work, and what a neat picture of God's kindness and faithfulness that was. And what a sweet picture as well that it was, knowing Johanna and Holly as especially of the God-infused, life-giving power of motherhood. How awesome is that, right? So when we decided to do both dedications and baptisms, we also realized we need to shorten the service a little bit, including the sermon. I know you're disappointed in that. but So for that reason, this is a relatively, I say relatively, it's relatively short. Two simple points and one simple admonition. Here's the first point. By God's design, mothers are physical life givers. Here's the second point. Also by God's design, mothers are spiritual life givers. The next few minutes, I I want to root those two claims in the Bible, in the Word of God, and here's the objective. Moms, and and your understanding of the definition of that is going to expand this morning, I think. But moms, here's the objective. That you would be encouraged to recommit to finding joy and seeking these kinds of fruit in this kind of motherhood. So let's pray that God would be pleased by my preaching and your listening and and in all of our responses. God, thank you for the moms in this room, and in particular those who mean to mother in a way that is pleasing to you. I pray that their understanding of what that is would be refined and encouraged and and strengthened this morning, and for maybe if there's a mom or moms in this room who've never thought in these terms, I pray that the divine nature, the, 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 the rightness of this would be plain to them, and they would pivot in their motherhood towards mothering as you've called them to, and in all the joy and gladness and strength and support and freedom and rightness that comes with that. Above all, I pray that as the moms in this room look to you, they would be freshly encouraged this morning. And the great call that you've placed on their lives, the great strength that you have given them to accomplish it, and the great promises that you've made them associated with it. 
So wherever, wherever the moms in this room are right now, I pray that you would be with them this morning in a new and personal and clear way, lifting them up. In Jesus' name, amen. So in what may be the most obvious point I've ever made in a sermon, uh, here it is. Mothers are physical life givers. I've made a lot of points. Pretty, I'm a pretty simple guy, but that might that might take the cake. And I say that because it is confirmed by every possible way it could be confirmed. Basic observation: you just look and you can see that mothers are life givers. Biology, uh, etymology. Somebody know what that means? Etymology. The very definition of the word uh, proves that mothers are life physical life givers. And also, most importantly of all, the first few pages of the Bible make that plain. It's simple, but it's also foundational. So I told you I have two simple points, but this first point has some sub-points. Uh, and I want to draw your attention to them on the, 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 what God's Word says about the nature of the physical life-giving aspect of motherhood. Here it is, number one. Mothers being physical life-givers was part of God's design from the very beginning. So moms, hear that. I think you know that, but hear that again. The most straightforward passage up to this comes in Genesis 3.20. The man, Adam, called his wife. by God had given him this charge to name his wife, and he called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. The very name of the first woman meant or sounded like life giver right from the beginning. Every human being who has ever walked the earth has come from Eve. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? It's simple, and you've all heard it, but maybe this morning God would be pleased to awaken you to how remarkable of a statement that is to the nature of motherhood in God's plan and design. Every human being who has ever walked the earth has come from Eve. She was the very first life giver on earth, the very first mom. The simple fact is that a mom is one who gives physical life to another. Again, to be clear, this is not something contrived by any creature, but by the creator himself. And hear this. Again, moms, I I told you the main objective is that you would be freshly encouraged in God's good design for you this morning. But hear this. As is the case with everything created by God, it was and still is very good. Giving physical life to another is God's design, and like every other aspect of God's design, it was and is very good. It is a tragedy. It's unfortunate that it's common, but it's a tragedy that many today reject these things. That is, they reject God as the author of mothers as physical life givers. God is the author of mothers as physical life givers and the goodness of that design. Would you commit, ladies... Would you commit this morning, and people of God, as you have moms and ladies in your life, would you commit again this morning, freshly this morning? Would you settle this morning again on this simple fact? The ability of moms to give physical life is from God, and therefore it is very good. Be encouraged, moms. In bearing children, listen to this statement. This is... This is some deep stuff here. In bearing children, you are tapping into the very beginning of time and the deepest good. Be encouraged in that. You're tapping into the very beginning of time 
and the very deepest good. Be encouraged, moms. Here's number two under number one. Physical life giving, along with everything else, is made harder by the fall. Genesis 3.16. As a result of the rebellion against God, Adam and Eve immediately brought spiritual death into the world and eventually physical death. That wasn't just for them, but it was for all of their offspring. In addition to that steep consequence for their sin, which God had told them in advance would be the case, he also cursed them each in a unique way. And not only to them, but to their offspring after them. This passes from generation to generation. And here is God's curse for you ladies. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. It's likely that this particular curse is not referring, uh, it's not limited to the actual delivery, the actual birthing of a child, but includes every aspect of bringing forth children. Conception and pregnancy and delivery and the raising of children. So that's kind of depressing. Why am I saying that? Moms, have you ever wondered, and I know you have, have you ever wondered why it can be so hard to do something so good sometimes? Have you ever wondered that as you're seeking to give life and sustain life in your children? Have you ever wondered why something so hard or something so good could be so hard at times? Have you ever struggled, moms, with feeling like a failure in your attitude and actions, your attitudes and actions towards your kids? Have you ever felt overwhelmed by motherhood? Remember the curse, and then remember quickly the gospel. In your mothering struggles, as as being a mom is hard for you, remember your own rebellion against God. So as your kids are rebelling against you, and it's frustrating and hard and difficult, remember your own rebellion against God and the hardship that that causes in your relationship with him. Confess it as sin to God, and then let the good news of the gospel wash over you. Remember that by the grace of God, Through your faith in him, all of your sins, moms, are forgiven. Every one of them. And the Holy Spirit of God now lives in you to sustain you for the good work God has called you to. The curse makes your mothering hard, even as the gospel is the power of God to curse the curse. Remember that. Number three, motherhood is a gift from God. Some days you remember that, some days you don't. But motherhood is a gift from God. One of the most recurring themes in the Bible, from Sarah, the first woman of the promise, to Mary, the mother of God, is the fact that bearing children is God's gift. While physical life-giving is God's good design for women, so too is it his good gift to women. As we've seen in Genesis, God has chosen to ordinarily do that through predictable and natural, a predictable and natural process. At the same time, though, we've seen regularly that God has also chosen to give physical life to moms and through moms through miraculous and supernatural means as well. Here's the point. Hear this, ladies. Predictable and natural or miraculous and supernatural. Every child that has ever been conceived has been conceived as a gift from God. This means that we need to love all the life that God gives and acknowledge the fact that it is his alone to give. This is hope and comfort for those struggling to conceive and those struggling in motherhood. And it is humility and perspective to those who don't. 
Men and women of Grace Church, let us praise God from whom all blessings flow, including children, even as we acknowledge that we don't deserve them as gifts, just as we don't deserve any gift of God. Hear this. This is, this is another italicized line in my sermon, which means it's, it's a big deal. If, if it is ours, the gift of God to bear physical life, if it is ours, it is only on account of God's grace and mercy. But ladies, hear this as well. If it is not ours, if God has chosen not to give us that gift or take that gift from us in Christ, it is only a different grace and mercy. Would you remember that this morning? That's a big deal. Number four, as such, motherhood is a noble aspiration. Contrary to what the world around us often says, again, because motherhood is a part of God's very good design and among his very good gifts, it is noble for women to desire to be a mom. As a church, we ought to promote and encourage motherhood and its goodness. There are other noble pursuits that God has given to women, but in the Bible, motherhood stands out amongst almost all of them. Ladies, let me, let me land this plane in two specific ways. As you are all too aware, there are countless millions of marketing dollars by countless hundreds of companies spent every year trying to convince you of the nobility of other pursuits, other more commodifiable pursuits. Having lips, there's a commercial on how your lips should look. Having lips that look a certain way, weighing a certain weight, wearing certain clothes, holding a certain job, having a certain amount of education, possessing a certain amount of happiness, having certain friends who look a certain way with lips a certain way, who shop in a certain place, going on certain vacations, shopping at certain stores, having a certain Chip and Johanna feel to your house, and on and on. If you haven't realized it yet, there are a lot of people trying to steer your aspirations, steer what you think is noble, in order to make money off of you. They call these things noble, not for the sake of your good, but for the sake of their pocketbooks. You have to realize that's the current rushing against you right now. But on top of that, and even more significantly than that, there is a spiritual battle going on for your understanding of nobility. There is a conspiracy of sin to make you believe that things not of God are good and that the things of God are not good. But remember today, God's word alone tells you what is noble and worth pursuing. Would you give yourself therefore, moms, would you give yourself, you want an application, here's one for you. Would you give yourself therefore today to asking God to weed out whatever ignoble pursuits that you've given yourself over to and ignite you in you instead a fire to go after those things that you have truly been made for, all of them, including motherhood. Motherhood is among them. Here's number five. In addition to being noble or as a result of being noble, it is also praiseworthy. Because motherhood is God's design and God's gift and noble according to him, it is also worthy of being praised. Proverbs 31.28 says of a godly mom, her children do and ought to rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Proverbs 23.22 commands, kids, do not despise your mother when she is old. Look at her, is she old? Don't despise her. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. 
be a kid in such a way that your mom is like, yes, that's my kid. Not, oh boy. <laughs> King Solomon. King Solomon bowed before his mother. First Kings 2.29. C.S. Lewis famously said that we praise what we delight in. Praising something is the natural and necessary follow-through to our delight in it. Whether it's a roller coaster or a chocolate bar or a person, when we delight in it, we can't help but to declare our delight in it, to praise it. We ought to delight grace in all that God has called good, and so we ought to delight in mothering. And in our delight, we ought to praise the life givers among us. Along those lines, I want to share something else with you. This, I, I'm sure I read this or heard this before. I can't think of where, so it's, there's a remote possibility I, I made this up. But I, I think this is really important. We usually pursue that which is praised. Think about that for a second. What do you give yourself to? In general, you give yourself to that which is praised by maybe the people in your family or by the society at large. But if the people around us praise athletic accomplishments or physical beauty or financial success or academic acumen or a certain clothing style or profession or restaurant, we will most likely pursue those things because we're drawn to the praise of others. That's part of how God made us. He, he did that so that we would be drawn to the praise of his name, but it works in other ways too. We're, we tend to be drawn to the things that others praise. Well, as we just saw, God has called us to praise the godly mothers in our lives because they're acting according to his good design. But it would also seem that God calls us to praise them, that he does that in order to draw the women in our lives to it. That is, to the nobility of motherhood. It is by praising that which is truly praiseworthy that we best commend those things to the next generation. How about that? That's in italics as well. In, In other words, what you want your kids to give themselves to is what you ought to be praising the most. Whatever God has called good, we ought to praise in front of our kids. God has called mothering and mothers good. Let's praise them. Let's praise them constantly as a church, as dads, as husbands, as men, as kids. Let's consider carefully this today. What do you praise most? Kids, men, what do you praise most in the women in your life? What do you praise most in the women in your life? How about this? If they were truly to pursue what you praise, what would they look like? Dads, what do you praise in your daughters? And if they were to truly pursue that all the way to its end, what would they look like? How godly would they be? That's kind of a convicting question. It's an important question to consider as it reveals what we most value and what we most desire and what the girls and women in our life are most likely to give themselves to. Here's the last one under the first thing. Finally, God's design is such that mothers are not only physical life givers, they are also physical life sustainers. It's hard to find a passage in the Bible containing a mother where this isn't going on where this isn't on display. Repeatedly, it's the moms in the Bible who are described as most committed to the ongoing well-being of their children. Perhaps the most famous passage is in Proverbs 31, 26 and 27. She opens her mouth, the mom, the wife, she opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household 
and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's giving herself to the ongoing life-sustaining of her family. It really is astounding to me how good moms are at keeping kids alive and healthy. I just, I don't know where the right size clothes in our house comes from, but they're always there. There's always the right size clothes for the kids. How good they are at feeding and educating. I mean, this is real. Like I, I, I didn't, this was not an object lesson. I, I had Presley for 24 hours and she came back without pants yesterday. I don't even know how that happens. It's really astounding to me how good moms are at sustaining, keeping keeping kids alive and, and well-fed and well-clothed. And, and so we, I praise God for that, that it, Jerry does that. And for the moms in this room, men, let us not grow tired of encouraging and supporting and praising the moms in our life for this, for keeping us alive and our kids alive. Mothers are physical life givers by God's very good design. It's hard because of the fall. Bearing children is a gift from God. It's a noble pursuit. It's worthy of our praise. And it is to continue on until you, moms, or your kids are with Jesus. Here's the second main point. It's much shorter. The second simple point of the sermon is that not only are mothers physical life givers by God's design, they are also spiritual life givers. All, the, all six truths that we just looked at for physical life giving apply here. Spiritual motherhood was God's good design from the beginning. It, too, is made harder by the fall. Any spiritual fruit in it is a gift from God. Spiritual life giving is a noble aspiration. We should go after it. It's praiseworthy because of that, and it includes both an initial birth and an ongoing sustaining work. So with that, just three things. Three things about the spiritual life giving calling on moms. Number one, to be a mother in the fullest sense. Your mother in one sense as soon as you give physical life to another. But in the fullest sense, to be a mother is to be a spiritual life giver. And to give spiritual life is to lead someone to Jesus. Spiritual birth happens when someone hears the gospel and puts their trust in it. Italics, moms. This is to be the highest calling on your life. This is the highest calling on your life. To pray for and work toward the salvation of your children. I love this simple picture we get. In Paul's description of Timothy, coming from the faithful ministry of his mom and his grandma, 2 Timothy 1.5, Paul says of Timothy, and to Timothy, I am reminded of your sincere faith, the spiritual life that is yours. Well, where did it come from? It was a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. It was through them. He probably had an unbelieving father. It was through his mom and grandma that spiritual life came to him. His mom and grandma, they were spiritual life givers. And in that way, mothers in the fullest sense. Moms, don't settle for a lesser aim. It's tempting, isn't it? It's tempting to just keep them alive. I mean, do that. That's important too. But don't settle for a lesser aim. Again, the dedications and baptisms today were meant to give a clear and beautiful picture of this. Moms, pray for your kids. Pray for them. Share the gospel with them whenever you can. Point them to the greatness of God in everything you see. 
Paul Tripp does an amazing job. If you don't know who that is, we can give you a book by him later. But he does an amazing job of coaching us to help kids see the glory of God in everything, butterflies and mountains and books and in metal and all kinds of stuff. Share the gospel with them whenever you can. Point them to the greatness of God in everything you see. Help them to see their rebellion, not just as an inconvenience to you, but help them to see it in light of the cross of Jesus Christ. Urge them to trust in Jesus and know true life. Work to cultivate a heart, your own heart, that cares more about the spiritual life of your kids than anything else. If you're not sure what this means, that's okay. Let us help you. That's why we're a church. We're in this with you. Second, to be a mother in the fullest sense is to be a spiritual life sustainer. The Bible says that to be a mother in the fullest sense is to be a spiritual life giver and a spiritual life sustainer. And to do that means helping people, not even just your kids. You can be a spiritual mother even if you don't have kids. To be a spiritual life giver means helping people in the power of the Spirit to grow to be more like Jesus. Moms play an unbelievably important role in this in their own homes and beyond. Consider again the impact of Timothy's mom and grandma on his spiritual growth. 2 Timothy 3.14 But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You, You were given new spiritual life by God through your mom and grandma. Well, how did you grow in that life? This is how, knowing from whom you learned it, your mom and grandma, and from and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise through faith in Christ Jesus. Lois and Eunice not only shared the gospel with Timothy that he might be saved, but also trained him in the scriptures and a life of following Jesus. Another clear example from this is in Titus 2. Older women, likewise, be spiritual mothers to younger women. Be reverent in your behavior. Don't be slanderers or slaves to much wine. Older women, teach what is good. Be be a spiritual mother by teaching what is good. Training younger women to love their husbands and love their children. To be self-controlled and pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. This is spiritual life sustaining and motherhood in its fullest sense. Ladies, give yourself to nurturing the spiritual life of your kids, the other women in your life, and anyone God has put in your path. Do your best to grow in Christ yourself and model that for your kids and the people in your life. Above all, pray for your kids. Pray for the younger women. Pray for the people in your life and read the word of God with them. Again, if you don't know how to do this, let us know and we'll help. Lastly, finally, perhaps surprisingly, Guys, listen up. Most of this has been directed more particularly to the ladies in the room. This, this is at least somewhat surprising. In these ways, in this spiritual life-giving sense, all who seek the spiritual life and growth of others are engaged in a kind of spiritual motherhood. That's a strange thing to hear. And I, I, would, I wouldn't say it, except that the Word of God does. There's a way in which mothering is not to u- unique to someone who can give birth at least physical birth, or even towards women in general. Consider one last time the words of Paul in describing his ministry to others. 1 Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8 says this, But we were gentle among you. This is Paul and his male companions. We were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves 
because you had become very dear to us. Paul describes his own gospel ministry in terms of motherhood. Among other things, moms, this is staggering to me in certain ways. This means that even in the simple ways in which you care for your kids, even in the simple ways in which you clothe and bathe them, even in the simple ways in which you nurture their physical life and pray for them, by the very nature of being a mom, moms, by the very nature of being a mom's, your calling is much higher than you realized. When you mother well, you are painting a picture of a key component of gospel ministry. Just being a mom, the things you do all day, every day, by doing that as God has called you to, you're, you're giving us a picture, the church a picture of what disciple-making of all nations is meant to look like. That's awesome. To engage in this in the highest calling on our lives. What is the highest calling on our lives? To glorify God by making disciples of all nations. To engage in the highest calling of our lives is to care for people like a good mother does, her babies and her children. To care deeply for them in the most personal way, to the end that they would grow up into maturity, maturity in Christ. To mother well, this is last italics, you get this. To mother well, is ministry training for the church. Good mothering is ministry training. Moms, how often do you feel like, man, maybe I could be more useful out there. I have so... Good mothering is ministry training according to the word of God. That's awesome. (laughs) Good mothering is ministry training. But there's, there's more than that. To mother well is a form of discipleship of others. Just by mothering well, you're discipling other people. You're discipling the church. To mother well is to strengthen God's people for God's mission. Do you get this, moms of grace? Your calling as mothers is ultimately to provide a living picture of the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ for all to see and emulate. That's cool. Last last two sentences. Look to the word of God, moms. Look to the word of God. Find in it the nature of and glory of your calling. And then give yourself to it in the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God and the good of the whole world. And in this, you will find great encouragement and joy and fruit in yourself as God sanctifies you and strengthens you through it and in the people you're privileged to mother. Happy Mother's Day, moms.